Welcome in to the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. The Stripe, Stripe Show podcast presented by my partners right here at Encore Golf. What do you think of the new facility here? We are back in the studio, full court press, ready to go, taking the Stripe Show podcast to the next level each week right here on Monday. We're going to pre- be previewing the tournament ahead as well as recapping uh, what's happening in the world of golf. Of course, nothing to react to right now in the world of golf, but live golf is ahead. The PGA Tour, it's back, baby. Finally, three months. That's right. Three months now, close to 90 days since TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Championship, when everything came to a halt at the Players. I can remember I was standing out there. I got the text. They're going to be shutting down the Players' Championship due to COVID-19, the pandemic that took over uh, the country. But it's back now. The Charles Schwab Challenge there in Fort Worth, Colonial Country Club. And, uh, you know, I go back to TPC Sawgrass. There was a familiar face that I saw uh, walking around on the range. A guy that I used to work with. And I thought, you know what? The perfect guest to come on. Golf is back. My former colleague, you know him as the host of Morning Drive, my friend Damon Hack. Damon, thank you uh, for being here on the Stripe Show podcast. Travis, I know that feels like it was 100 years ago uh, <laughs> when the players got canceled. I'm so glad that PJ Tour is back, and I'm so glad to be with you, man. I'm so excited for Thursday. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been too long, right? I mean, uh, anything live. I'm tired of uh, the NBA championship back in 1988. I mean, I was a big Michael Jordan fan. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I need some live sports uh, to react to. And uh, the PGA Tour, you got to give them kudos here. I mean, um, they have worked with, obviously, the health officials. Um, they have a lot to manage with the tour going week in and week out um, with all of these sponsors. I can't even imagine the job. Um, that Jay Monahan has faced over the last three months. And here they are, um, one of the, the, the big sports in our country. They're one of the first get back to play live. I mean, I give PGA a lot of credit here. I do. It's a great opportunity for the PGA Tour. Uh, one of the only shows in town, golf and outdoor game, played over a large property, no fans for the first four events. And from what I've heard, you know, the players have had an opportunity to have home testing before they left home. There'll be testing on site, hand sanitizers, all those things now that we're becoming accustomed in this era of COVID-19. But I'm excited for the players. I'm excited for the tour. It's going to be a collaborative effort. The tour is doing what it can to make sure the players have every opportunity to stay at a host hotel, get the spot in the hotel, don't go to bars and restaurants, don't stray too far. And I think that's smart, yeah. especially at the beginning where everybody's a little bit nervous. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to this and um, it's going to be interesting, you know, as they, as they get there and they get on site, um, everything uh, is going to be completely different. We're going to get to all that. um, And the field that is, it feels like a major championship with uh, the top five players in the world. I think it's 16 out of the top 20, an incredible field, a field that they usually don't see at the Colonia with these big hitters showing up. But I want to get your thoughts before we get to the Charles Schwab Challenge. I want to get your thoughts on PGA Tour uh, University, uh, which has got a lot of discussion over the last couple of weeks. It launches uh, in 2021. And, and for my audience that's not familiar with PGA Tour uh, University, the PGA Tour initiatives, they're working with um, the World Amateur Golf Rankings 
and they're going to compile this this college ranking um, for collegiate D1 players. And basically, after their four-year term, whoever's in the top five of the college rankings uh, is going to get an exemption into the Corn Ferry Tour to play the last eight events right after the NCAA championship. And uh, there's been a lot of response from media, from players on both sides. I'm curious uh, your thoughts on PJ Tour University. Travis, I'm excited about it. It's a great opportunity for these young players uh, to kind of prove what they can do early in their professional career. And as you said, these will be players who have had uh, a kind of a full college experience. And judging by what we've seen, you know, on Golf Channel, for example, with the East Lake Cup and the NCAA Championship, these are players uh, who are, you know, getting used to being on television at such a young age, having the pressure of cameras and galleries following them. So, you know, if we can judge the Matthew Wolfs and the Colin Morikawas, the Braden Thornberrys, the Wyndham Clarks, uh, the Aaron Wises, these young players, the, the Bryson DeChambeau's that we've grown up with, watching them compete in college and then finding success on the uh, PGA Tour and the Corn Fish, um, you know, that come out of college, have proven that they're, they're ready to go. The college programs are better. Better and better and yeah. stronger and stronger. And I think that top, you know, cream of the crop in the world amateur rankings will be absolutely ready to take on uh, the professional world. Yeah, I tend to agree. They've, they've proven themselves. And we know that the talent is so deep and so rich um, that it's been really cool. I know my time down there at the Golf Channel a few years ago with you guys and, you know, this college golf kind of bubbling up with Golf Channel and them showing more of it. Um, it's been really cool to see. And these guys are making, especially the top five, the names that you mentioned, you know, you see Morikawa come on, he's got, um, he's playing well on the PGA Tour. Matthew Wolf has won. Um, Victor Hovland has won. You mentioned Brandon Thornberry, he's out there now. So I think it's a good move. I, I like that the tour is investing, um, especially into these seniors, these four-year seniors, that's how they become eligible for this. Um, and it's the top five of the Corn Ferry, but then six through 15, um, they, they get directed towards Latino America and the McKinsey tours, which are those developmental tours um, that rest um, underneath the Corn Ferry tour. The Corn Ferry tour is actually here in my backyard, just right down the road here um, at TPC Sawgrass, the Valley course this week. And then next week they go down to King and Bear, which is uh, right in between you and I, you're in Orlando, I'm in Ponte Vedra. So two good courses that I've played many times. And uh, it's going to be fun to see uh, kind of going again as well uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So let, let's get to the big tournament now, Charles Schwab Challenge. I'm really intrigued here uh, by this tournament. I mean, not only is the first tournament back, so there's a level of excitement, but here's a couple statistics that you have. You got, you got 101 um, guys that have won on the PGA Tour in the field. You've got 24 wow. major champions. You've got, I mean, it feels like, a major championship um, when you look at this field. Now I get it, no Tiger, but there's a lot of big names. The top five are here, and the top five represent the modern game. These are bombers. Rory, uh, John Rahm, uh, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson. We know the modern era. It's the bombers game. Colonial can't overpower it. I mean, last time I looked, Kevin Na won last year. Kisner's won. Zach Johnson's won twice. David Tom's. Speeth. So it's like, here comes the power hitters. They normally don't play in this event. 
but they're there. You've got the other guys that who, who always play in the event that it kind of favors them. I mean, how is this thing going to shake out? It's an incredible field. You know, it might be the strongest field that Colonial's had since the days of Ben Hogan. When you think about it, you know, this is one of the Hogan's alleys, both Colonial Country Club and Riviera Country Club out in Los Angeles called Hogan's Alley for his success there. And I tell you what, to have this strength of field and strength is, is, is literal when you think of those players you mentioned at the top. Uh, only two par fives on this golf course, yeah. the first hole and the 11th hole. But we've also seen that these players, you know, they're not going to take their foot off the gas. I, I think that if you are, uh, uh, you know, a driver of the golf ball, the level of uh, Dustin Johnson and a Rory McIlroy, you're going to take that club out as much as you can. And I don't think the golf course, and I've heard it's very dry and running, fast um you, if your club is if the weapon of choice is the driver i think if you use it i don't think the golf course is going to necessarily be set up so difficult considering this is the first event back you know are mark russell and slugger white the guys gonna you know try to you know embarrass these guys right off the bat i don't think so i think this golf course will be uh made for scoring uh, i think uh, you know we've seen 18 under win in the past and it was 13 under for kevin na last year but wouldn't shock me uh, if it's 18 to 20 under par, just because I think the golf course will be set up in a way that lends itself to excitement, especially with no fans on property, and especially because it's the first event back. Yeah, I agree. I think we're gonna we're gonna see in the the mid teens um, when this event. I actually played the course back in February. Um, we were out there for an event. We got out there, and it, right when we got back is when COVID 19 really started to hit the United States. And you mentioned the two par fives. They'll, they'll tear up one. They lengthen 11. It's really a long par five now. Only the big hitters really are probably going to get a chance to get it there. But it's straight away. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I think the big hitters will, will fare well. You know, you look at Rory. It's been a while since we've we've had that kind of unanimous number one. Now he's over 100 weeks, third player to do that with Greg Norman and Tiger. Um, you know, John Rahm, to me, feels like a unanimous number two. I mean, these two kind of, you know, they're, they're the two best players in the world. Um, when this whole thing shut down, for sure, they were hot. They were playing well. They were winning. Rory, of course, um, you know, winning the FedEx Cup. John Rahm over at the race to buy. But then you get down to number three, and the question marks start for me. Brooks Kepka, you know, coming back from injury. I think this three-month layoff, the silver lining, probably he benefited perhaps from this a little bit. Go back, a little more rest for the knee. Um, you know, get some things polished up because I take you back to TPC Sawgrass, Damon. When I saw you, Brooks Kepler was showing showing up on property after an emergency visit to Butch Harmon. They didn't make much of it. He works with his son Claude, but come on. I mean, you're doing an emergency visit. There's there's there was some stuff going on with Brooks Kepka. It's gonna be interesting to see how he does. What what's your take on the top three? Yeah, I, I love where you're going here. I put Rory, Rom, and JT okay. kind of in the same box at this point. And I think the question marks in the top five are Brooks and DJ. Brooks because of his knee and his health and the emergency visit to the Oracle that is Butch Harmon before the players. And then for Dustin Johnson, it's about the flag stick. He's just not putting that well. Uh, the, the flag stick, considering, considering where he was, I'd say, two or three years ago. Maybe not hitting his wedges as a dominant world number one. So to me, I put Rory, Rom, and JT in the same basket. I got Rory and JT as you know, major champs and FedEx Cup champs and John Rahm kind of knocking on the door. Someone who's won uh, six times on the European Tour, three times yeah. on the PGA Tour. 
And then I've got the uh, Bash brothers and Brooks and DJ right behind them with just a few more question marks. Yeah, I got a question mark for DJ as well. You know, he anytime I start seeing his putting and short game statistics go the wrong way, I, you know, you start to question how committed is DJ. You know, he went through that stretch there where he was playing great golf and committed, working hard, and he was just rolling off the wins. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. You know, you, you kind of get the feeling with DJ, sometimes the game, you know, it can be a little distant for him. He looked a little distant um, at the tailor-made relief. Great cause, great job of all of them. But you kind of got the feeling that the limo was fired up on the 11th hole. He was he was ready to go. So I, I think it's going to take a little bit for DJ to get the <laughs> engine started, to get uh, motivated. We know Brooks, you know, he's been on um, record saying that it's about the major championships for him. So I don't know. I, I like the idea of that unanimous number one. Rory's the guy. Um, he knows it. He, he, he demonstrates it on the course. He looks like a grown man, the way that he talks about his life and the game off the course. So I like where things are at. And of course, we haven't even talked about Tiger and what all that means. I mean, that guy looking good to you uh, in the match. I mean, good. Reef, he was oh, striping that. Absolutely. For me, the, the, the driver with Tiger at this point, now that the short game is, is back, is, is my greatest indication that his game is where it needs to be. And, and most importantly, that his body is where it needs to be. He was swinging so smoothly um, at the match alongside Mickelson and Brady and Manning. It just looked like he was comfortable having fun, not over swinging, swing lift on plane, um, able to shape it. Uh, that's what we saw, you know, at Augusta National when he won yeah. the Masters in 2019 he was driving the ball on a string there it looks like he's getting toward that type of form now i think this pause for him yeah was probably as beneficial uh, for him than anybody he was not in a good way at bay hill didn't show up there didn't show up at the players uh this rest has done tiger woods good yeah yeah i tend to agree it's gonna be fun um to see uh where he lands i mean what do you think i mean just kind of staying on the topic with tiger when, when do we see him and i heard a rumor i heard a rumor that he was looking into a boat slip Hilton Head Island. I don't know if it's true. I'm not going to say my source is 100% credible, but rumor has it, he was looking into a boat slip and have a very big boat slip uh, in Hilton Head perhaps next week. It's not the perfect venue for him in his game, but <laughs> what say you? I tell you what, I've been, uh, been to Hilton Head, been right behind that 18th green. It's a little snug back there, uh, you know, in terms of the boats and yachts, but they make room for Tiger if, if he wants to come up and play. They'll, they'll build him a boat slip just to make sure that the 15-time major champ and 82-time PJ Tour winner has a, a place to park his, his barge. But I tell you what, how about his game now, Travis? I mean, he said it himself. He's not Michael Jordan, the, the dunker anymore. He's Michael Jordan with the fadeaway jumper. I'd love to see him hitting yeah. some long irons and three woods and carving shots around Harbor Town, uh, you know, the golf course might not have fit, fit his eye in his 20s, but I bet it does in his 40s. It's a good point. And, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about it. I think Tiger's, you know, he's he's the kind of guy, too, that's using that as motivation. I'll show you that I can win this way as well, um, which might be a little different than I used to win and come back and maybe win on golf courses that he wouldn't have normally played um, in the past. Mm. I would be surprised. I, I think Tiger's going to save his energy. Um, we know things get busy late. Wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him till Memorial, but it would be awful nice to see him one time uh, in June. And of course, in June, we're going to see no fans. There's going to be absolutely nobody at Colonial, and there won't be for five weeks until we get to Memorial. 
and then we'll start to see some people. It's going to be interesting. I mean, what do you think we're going to see here? Because, you know, no stands, no people, there's no backdrops, right? So, I mean, are we going to see more lost golf balls? Are we going to see these like 30, 40 yard shots from areas around the green where usually the grass is trampled down? So we're going to see some thick shots in some unusual areas that we might, you know, normally wouldn't see. Yeah, you miss the green left or right, and you won't have the gallery there to keep your ball from going farther offline. And the players are going to have to kind of create their own energy, and especially on a Sunday. Uh, you know, you're looking at the leaderboard, and you know you're in contention, and you're usually listening for roars around the golf course. And, you know, when you're rolling in a 35-footer, you know, you got the fist pound, the crowd's going crazy. They'll have to create their own momentum. Um, you know, I spoke to Wyndham Clark, and he brought up an interesting point that, Maybe the players who are fresh out of college or used to playing golf courses without fans and tournaments without fans, maybe they have not necessarily an advantage or a large advantage, but maybe, maybe more comfort. You know, they're used to playing uh, where the gallery is few and far between and spread out. Uh, and if you're a player who you know, lives off of energy, you have to create your own uh, during the first month plus without fans on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 going to be weird, I'm sure. You know, for these players, especially these big name players like Rory and um, yeah. you know, John Rahm is number two in the world. Although he doesn't, you know, he's not the stature and, and draws a crowd as a Rory or a Tiger or even a Spieth, um, for that matter, or Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. These guys are used to having people running with them, yelling their name. They're feeding off that of players, and it's not going to be there. So it. You know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some players that are going to benefit from it, you know, that would prefer it that way. Um, and then others that that draw from that. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, they are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show. I want to move the conversation to Jordan Spieth, of course, uh, a Texas guy. Um, I think the silver lining for this pandemic if there is one um it, it could be for jordan speed because 56 ranked player in the world i mean it's been well documented his struggles he's got the putting back his driving his approach game continues to be abysmal he is at the bottom strokes gained statistically off the tee and approach but you look at jordan he's got these three months off right and he goes home and he's going to be able to come back now to a place that he knows very well. Of course, he won here in 2016. He was the runner-up in 15 and 17 um, as well. And there's no fans, right? So there's not going to be that added pressure um, for Jordan. I, I think this plays mm. out beautifully for him. I think this could be the reset that he needs and build some confidence, put some rounds together, and uh, I would not be surprised if we see Jordan Spieth really start to climb himself now back out, and perhaps we've seen the bottom uh, with Spieth. Yeah, I think this break was beneficial for Jordan as well, considering where he's been 
that he struggles the last few years. Unexpected uh, for a player uh, who's a three-time major champion. And he has said that he kind of got a little technical, started watching his swing on film, uh, had some, you know, technical lineup, uh, alignment issues, setup issues, and kind of was getting to a point where he kind of lost the magic, some of the innate talent, some of the feel that he had earlier in his career, uh, kind of that ignorance of youth. Yeah. You just go out and play, and, and you're not thinking about, you know, positions at the top. But uh, hopefully this this break has done him some good. And i tell you what, you mentioned his win in 2016. You'll recall that that was his first win after his, you know, disastrous Sunday at the Masters that year where he had that five-shot lead going into the second nine and, and had the, the, the dismal 12th hole and everything uh, went sideways from there. And he was able to, you know, get back in the winner's circle later that year at Colonial. You mentioned his record there. Uh, I think this is probably the perfect place for Jordan Spieth to come back. Uh, you know, despite how tight the golf course is, he's shown that he can play it. Yeah. Um, from a mental, emotional standpoint, short drive from his home in Dallas, it seems like it's the perfect place for him to dip his toe back in the water. You know, it's just interesting you talked about him getting technical. I mean – Gosh, you know, you just you look at these stories and, you know, these guys are at the top of their game. Jordan Spieth, three-time major champion. I mean, he's just rattling off wins. He, he's making putts from everywhere. And, and then the need to change, to chase distance, to get technical. You look at Justin Rose, number one player in the world. He changes equipment. His game has fallen off. I mean, it's, it's just it's hard to just – it's hard to understand. You know, it really is. As someone – as I'm in the coaching industry, have worked with players here and there, nothing as close as you see these guys week in and week out. It's got to be frustrating. I mean, get things going so well and just the, the feeling that they have to change something when they really don't. And Spieth's a good example of that from a technical standpoint. Um, we've seen that example time and time again. Rose from an equipment standpoint – it's just a head scratcher, isn't it? These guys that, that just make changes when they're on the top of their game. Well, you know, there's so much information out there these days. Uh, when you're trying to compete against the Rory's and the Brookses and the Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas's, I think the chase for distance is real. It's seductive. It's, it's uh, been an issue, I believe, for Jordan Spieth, an issue, I believe, for Francesco Molinari, another player who seemed to be, uh, you know, unstoppable for a stretch and has struggled for more than a year plus as he's trying to get longer. Yeah, so I feel like uh, you're right. There's just a lot of info out there, uh, the chase to get better. I mean, you wouldn't be a professional golfer if you didn't think you could get a little bit better. But uh, sometimes you can chase it, and it can turn out to be uh, against you. I remember having a conversation with um, Dr. Brett McCabe, sports psychologist who works with a lot of these players. I mean, he's got a long list of players. And I asked him one time, I said, What's the hardest part of your job? And he could probably rattle off a lot of things, but he said pretty quickly, he said, just convincing these players that, that their best is good enough, like that they're good enough. Yes, there's opportunities to get better, mm. but you're good enough. You, you know, like just layering in that belief that you don't have to do anything different, really, at the end of the day, to be competitive and this is what got you here, right, Spieth? This is what got you here, Francisco Molinari, who, who seemed to not miss a shot, literally, for like, it felt yeah. like a year and a half. I mean, it, it felt like he didn't miss a shot, Damon, until the 11th hole on Sunday at Augusta. I mean, or the 12th hole, rather, excuse me, the 12th hole on Sunday. He had missed a shot for a year, and all of a sudden, 
like a gust of wind hits and it goes in the water. Like, and then you exactly. go after Augusta and you make all these changes and he is just, <laughs> and he's, and, and he's down there with speed in, in the, in the strokes game. I spoke to someone close to Francesco. He said that that Sunday at Augusta lingered. It affected him yep. more than he even thought it would. And you're right. I mean, not everybody can be Tiger Woods who can break down his swing after a 12 shot win at the masters and then come back and win four straight major championships a couple of years later and then changes the swing again and have success with Hank Haney. Uh, I mean, and, and then, you know, now he's on his own. I mean, I think and I've been told this from, you know, people close to Tiger that, that, you know, Tiger's instructors learn as much about the golf swing in the game from Tiger as much as he learns from them. Tiger can coach himself. I think he's proven that over the last couple of years that, that he has owned his swing. Uh, I've heard Butch, I've heard, you know, Rory, I've heard a lot of people say that his swing right now is as looks as good as maybe it ever has. And that's such a, a strong statement. What do you think about the Tiger's swing right now? It, to me, it looks it looks absolutely just effortless, but powerful. And it, it looks like it's throwback Tiger. I think Tiger's worked himself out of hanging left um, in the backswing. I mean, he, he got to a point where his mm. hand path went very much in and deep, and then he, you would see him kind of drop and hang left um, with his pressure into, in, into the ground. And that was very problematic um, with his driver. I mean, his tack angle got very steep, and he just couldn't get out of the way. I mean, he just, just physically couldn't get out of the way with the driver. He could use the ground with his irons and trap it and all those things, hit the fade, but he couldn't hit the draw. Mm. Um, he, he was kind of a one-way player and Tiger now has worked himself out of that. He looks very much now where he's, you know, kind of loading more into the trail side. He looks taller and then he can just go left and hit it. And when Tiger to me steps up and hits the draw off the tee, you're in trouble. Like, because when Tiger can draw mm. it off the tee comfortably, to me, that's telling me he's in full control. I saw it at the president's cup. When he played, I think I think it was I think it was with against Abraham Answer the first hole that short par four dog leg left, and he hit a draw off the first tee perfectly right in the collection yeah. area, and I said and I remember I said to my wife I said Abraham Answer's in for a long day because when Tiger's drawing it off the tee comfortably <laughs> and, it's number, and it's number one like the game's over like he 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 is in complete control and that's what you saw at the match he's in complete control he's. He's hitting, he, you know, he can hit the, he can hit the stinger in his sleep I and mean, he can fall out of bed and hit the stinger with his eyes closed. But when the driver is on automatic like that, I mean, to make no mistake, the tiger will be bumping up against Rory and Rom. If tiger's going to hit his tee shot like that, at least that's how I feel. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, and you, we've seen it throughout his career, but especially at Augusta and we yeah. saw it in 2019 where you're required to hit, the golf ball both ways. I mean, he could shape it right to left. Uh, so crucial on holes like a two and a 13, uh, you know, 10. I mean, you, you can really get that going draw and, and you have a lot of shorter irons than you would with the cut. And, and to see him move it both ways, got to be demoralizing uh, for his peers. Yeah. 
The PGA Tour is back. That's right. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prizes don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stand on the salary cap, and sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. It doesn't get any closer to a major than this with all the heavy hitters taken to the course and a million dollars up for grabs at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TRAVIS to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code TRAVIS to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. All right, so some head-to-head. Got a new show coming up, uh, Damon. It's called uh, it's called The Matchup. It's presented by uh, DraftKings, and it debuts uh, this Wednesday. We're going four head-to-head. Uh, I'm not going to give away all the head-to-heads here, but I want to get your thoughts here on who's going to finish higher okay, at this week's tournament. Because in DraftKings, you have to get your lineup. You've got your dollar association. You just can't take top players in the world, right? I mean, everybody would say, yeah, give me Rory, give me Rom, give me – you know, Brooks. Right. So you got to make some decisions. You know, you got a salary cap. It's like the NFL. I mean, we can't just go out and get everybody and, and buy championships like we can in Major League Baseball. So anyway, let's start with, I mean, it's only fitting here. <laughs> we got to go one and two, right? We got to go Rory McElroy versus John Rom. Who finishes higher this week at the Charles Schwab? To it. Rom probably has the better resume at Colonial, but to me, I'm looking at the world number one who had six straight top five finishes and a win before this pause. I thought he looked good at Seminole in the TaylorMade driving relief. He's the best player in the world. I talked to the Englishman Nick Doherty a few weeks back, and, and I said, how do you think Roy's going to do? He said he's like a sports car. Just, just rev him up and go. And I think that's where he is right now, comfortable in his skin, comfortable in, with his game, uh, another FedEx Cup title. Uh, continued maturity, happiness, balance off the course. I think Roy McIlroy over the next five years, uh, and let's give him a decade because he said his 30s could be equal to or better than his 20s. I think so far his 30s have lived up to that. Obviously, he wants to start knocking off major championships again. But in this short sample, uh, I'm not betting against Roy McIlroy until he gives me reason to bet against Roy McIlroy. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Rom, runner-up at 17, as you mentioned. He missed the cut last year. It's the first time Rory's ever played here. I mean, these guys don't show up at these venues, and, you know, here he is. I'm fascinated to see where Rory is. I kind of get the feeling he'll probably slow start, you know, 70, 71, mm. 64, and then, you know, here he comes. So I, 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 I'll go with Rory, too. I mean, he's, got, he's, got, he's got all the shots. And all I like right. what he's doing with putting. He's, and there's a guy, right, technical, didn't work. He's freed it up now with facts, and things are starting to, to free up with him. All right, Justin Rose, former winner. Where's Rose at? I mean, interesting, you know, another player who made changes. But Justin Rose versus Tony Fina, who you got? Such a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to go with the player who's proven to be the more prolific winner uh, and a past champion. I think Justin Rose, um, you know, making the equipment change once again, uh, we're a little bit unsure of where he's going to be. But I feel like when he's right, he's as right as anybody. And I just wonder, you know, Tony Fino had a wonderful opportunity in Phoenix to get that second win. It seemed like it was in the stars. 
uh, it was in the wake of the the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant, and he was yeah. using his Mamba mentality with Tony, and and Hollywood wanted Tony to win, didn't happen. I think that second win is going to come. Obviously, at some point, he's too talented for it not to. But I'm going to go with the proven commodity here. Uh, Rose just announced the sponsorship of seven uh, UK-based uh, um, women's events for yep. UK-born golfers to kind of help them. So I think his uh, his soul is in a good place, uh, and I think his game uh, is getting there. It's trending in the right direction. Too much quality. I think the equipment change slowed his game down. I think now that he's back, he's going to be uh, where he needs to be. You know, it's uh... – probably the two of the better guys not right? to mention the, the golf course yeah. yeah yeah i mean just rose just rose won here in, in uh, 2018 female runner-up last year made nothing on sunday trying to chase down um kevin na who won by four i still don't know how i still have no idea how Finau didn't win the waste management i mean not yeah. making birdie, not making birdie on on the remaining four holes on that golf course with his length and where he was was just was was amazing. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't believe it. Felt bad for him. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I want I'm with you on. I just I, I don't know where Rose is at. Right, he's 13 in the world. I just feel like there's got to be a little runway for him to kind of get back things going again. Um, it's a toss-up for me. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. You know, I'm going to go with Rose too. I, I think Rose, Rose head-to-head systems go is the okay, better. Okay. Okay. Um, but man, you could talk me into Fino on this one um, yes. as well as he was the runner-up there uh, last year. Now, <laughs> here's the next one. This is a tough one here for me. Jordan Spieth versus Kevin Na. What do you think? Mm. Two past champions. I actually spoke to Kevin Na earlier during this pause in action. Uh, I know he's been working on his game. Uh, could have uh, easily been chosen for the President's Cup. Uh, next on his list is a Ryder Cup. I'll tell you what, the way he puts the golf ball, uh, great feel on and around the greens, clear comfort at Colonial, and more of a known in terms of where his game was going into the pandemic versus Jordan Spieth. I think Jordan Spieth having a great week is a better story in golf terms, but I'm going with Kevin now. I'm going with Kevin. I know he's been playing and practicing and working on his game. And I think going back to Colonial will be like home cooking for him, even if Jordan Spieth is the homeboy in tech. You know, Kevin Nah won twice in 2019. It wasn't the same, you know, wraparound season. But he won twice, you know, in the calendar year, uh, 2019. Kevin Na is just amazing to me to watch play golf. He reminds me of, he's like the modern day Corey Pavin, who also won um, at Colonial. And when I was a young man, I watched that tournament, actually. I was there following Corey Pavin around, watching mm. him make bombs with the 8802 Wilson putter. Um, and, you know, Na is just, he's just tough, you know, in these types of courses and, and how he plays them. And, you know, he won by four last year. I mean, it's not like he just, you know, kind of snuck, you know, just squeaked it yeah. out. He won, by, he won by four. But I, I just, I've got this, I think Spieth is going to start climbing his way out. And I think this is the perfect venue for him. I think Spieth's going to come out Ooh. swinging. And um, I, I think we're going to see Spieth start putting the pieces together. This is the perfect place for him to do that. There's a lot of responsibility in, in defending. Give me Spieth by one shot over Kevin Knott. All right. Here's one for you. Okay. I'm throwing. Like it. 
I'm going lefties. Last one, lefties. Phil or Bubba? <laughs> oh, impossible. <laughs> An impossible choice to make on this golf course. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go with the past champ in Phil. Yeah. Only because he's had more competitive reps than Bubba has. You know, and though he lost to Tiger and Peyton, you could see the competitive juices flowing. He was talking so much junk and having so much fun. Look at someone who's toward the end of his career. Look at some, someone who's about to make that transition past the age of 50. Uh, Phil has some motivation to, yeah. to kind of write the end of his career on the PJ Tour the way he wants to. Not everybody can do the John Elway and, you know, ride off into the sunset. But I still think, and I've said it on Morning Drive, he has one great, you know, final chapter, one great sprint, one great stretch of tournaments. I'm going to give the slight edge to Phil, the member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah, people forget, right? Phil Mickelson won here on this golf course. You know, it, it has yielded to some some length. Rose is not short. Um, Adam Scott won yep. here. Uh, the difference with Phil, that was a long time ago. Um, the difference now is Phil doesn't know where his ball's going. <laughs> no, he is. He is. He is <laughs> Has he ever all, known? <laughs> he is all over the place. He is all over the place off the tee. I mean, I, I just think his ball striking is, it's just too unpredictable. I don't like it in this venue here. Not to say Bubba's, mm. you know, extremely more accurate off the tee, but. I think Phil's fighting a swing. I think he has been for a while. He's just so talented. He can make scores work um, from anywhere. I mean, he's one of the best scramblers of all time right there with Tiger, who obviously went through a period yeah. of not knowing where his driver was going either. But, boy, it just looks really erratic for me with his swing and, and mm. kind of searching at the age of 49. I think there's some erosion there with this putter. He's going to have his good weeks. I'd just be shocked if it was here. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with the other lefty, Bubba Watson. Sorry, Phil. I mean, I just, you know. It's just uh, it's where it is. I'm a teacher. I'm a ball striking guy, and you know I'm going with uh, I'm going with Bubba on this one. Damon, I'm gonna throw one more question at you here to wrap up the show. Any names out there as we look ahead into the season? We got a lot of golf ahead of us. We're just obviously the season's really just getting started with all of the you know three major championships ahead of us and WGC, some other big tournaments like the Memorial. Um, any any underlining? you know, news headlines you think we're going to, we're going to come across as we go. We know the big name, we know, you know, the big names are going to be there in some capacity, but does this, does this Sanjay M continue to elevate his game and, and move himself um, into that next stratosphere? Does a Colin Morikawa now rattle off another win or two and, and, and start, we start to look at him differently. Is there anybody out there that you, kind of look at and say, I would not be surprised at the end of this year, this guy is doing this. Tell you what, I'm going to throw a name out at okay. you. Jazz, Jane and Watananon, yep. who has uh, become a good friend of Robert Dameron, uh, been staying huh? locally in Orlando, playing Bay Hill almost every day, one of the toughest tracks annually on the PGA Tour. And according to my buddy Robert, he, he's been taking some of Robert's cash and Robert says he's the real deal. He's got the uh, appropriate amount of confidence, uh, borderline cocky, but just that right on that edge where you need to be. Great ball striker, uh, good around the greens, and a streaky putter. Says if he has a hot putting week, he can win on the PGA Tour. So Jazz is young, uh, and he says he's long, 
says he hits the ball beautifully. So I'm doing, you know, Robert's doing the reporting on the, the golf course with Jazz, seeing with his own eyes. So I'm just going to borrow some of Robert's expertise and say, hey, I, I like what he's having to say. He's going to bat for someone he's seen up close. Uh, so watch Jazz uh, in yeah. 2020 and early 2021. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good name. I'll throw that Eric Van Royen in there as well. I kind of like his game. I think he's got a lot of game. And um, Ooh. I, think he'll, I think he'll make some noise um, as we go. You know, will he win or how many times he wins? I don't know. But I think he's a guy that will we'll start to continue to, to climb the charts. I'm, the one thing I know for sure, Damon, is that in the first two weeks here, and I'm filling out my teams, I have listed all of the guys that have kids and all the guys that don't have kids because I know the guys <laughs> that have kids like you do. I have two. You have three. And, you know, because over the last three months, you've been doing homeschool. You have been um, playing hide-and-seek. <laughs> you have been breaking up fights. You have been uh, cooking. You have been doing it all, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the list is long, banging your head off. So those guys that don't have Correct. kids, they've been out doing whatever, right? Sleeping in. You know, I might go putt for a little bit. You know, they've been working on their games. No <laughs> extra stress. So <sighs> I'm filling out my list with those guys. Fiend out. He's going to come out. He might shoot 80 on Thursday. He might. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> might shoot 80 with all those kids so, man let me tell you something i'm excited to be back to work i'm excited i love to it some, some live golf and uh really really uh appreciate you coming on and, and chatting golf i miss you guys down there travis we miss you buddy uh you're such a asset to our game you've been an asset to me personally not just on the air but also with my swing thanks for your help there and, and like you, I'm just excited to have some PGA Tour golf to talk about. Corn Ferry Tour back in action. Uh, champions shortly, LPGA after that. Let's let's get back to talking some golf, and it's just an exciting time. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for coming on. That's Damon Hack, the host of Morning Drive on Golf Channel. Great discussion. Live golf's back, folks. It's the Charles Schwab Challenge. Great golf course. Great golf course there at the Colonial Fort Worth, Texas. I tell you what, here come the big guys. The big hitters are rolling in. The plotters are over here. They already know how to play the course. And the big guys, they're just going to try to sail it over the top of them. And something's going to have to give. It's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, thanks for tuning in, listening, and watching, right? The video version of the Stripe Show podcast will be back this week, Wednesday. We're going to talk to Harry Higgs. He's on site at Fort Worth, see how things are going there with all the testing and uh, he likes his chances uh, as he looks ahead here to the Charles Schwab Challenge. See you on Wednesday. Have a good week.